Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. We trust that you will enjoy today's message and that it will encourage you to grow deeper in your relationship with Christ our Savior. Um, I think we'll all agree that, that money is, is not the key to happiness. But sometimes you wonder if, if you have enough money, if you couldn't make a key that could buy you happiness. Just joking. You guys are very serious this morning. Okay. So I want to show you, before, I'm going to now just move over to glorifying God with our finances. Just on that compound interest, because Daniel is not happy with me. He cannot believe that Marco outperforms him on, on compounding. You can see if you can pop it on. And then we can start looking at glorifying God with our finances. I think while we're doing that, like I said, I really enjoyed preparing for this morning. I think Tuesday I read Psalm. No, wait, let's do this, otherwise you're all going to read there. Okay, it's not um, just to put Daniel at ease. So on the left-hand side, you've got the guy who put away 200 rand for seven years. There you'll see after at the age of 65, he's got 1.4 million. The guy only starts at the age of 28, he's got 1.3 million. Okay, just to show you how powerful compounding is. And this almost makes me a bit sad to realize if, if I just started earlier, um, if I didn't waste money on, on stupid things, if I just started saving, just starting steady plodding, as the word says. I mean, I'm, I'm past 20 to 28 now, but at least I still, still have time to catch up. So every day you start earlier on compounding. And as soon as your mind switches on regarding compounding, it's like really like a light in your heart that goes on because you stand in in front of the you stand in front of that TV which we took five years to buy, and you think that five thousand rand compound that over my life is probably going to be astronomical amount. So every year that I wait or every month that I wait to buy it, I'm adding value. So. I just want you to think on compounding. If you stand in front of something, ask yourself, is this a need or a want? If it's just a selfish want, if you've budgeted for it, spend it. If not, think compounding. Think life, your children's children, this 10 rand over 50 years is going to, and we can do the calculation, you'll, you'll be amazed. Okay, just a quick scripture. As I was preparing, Psalm 112 came up. And I just realized how practical the Bible is. We, I think we all have a desire that our children might be mighty on the earth. Let's go to the next one. Um, and it's not a bad thing to be both wealthy and rich. Yes, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's a desire that is not good. But Psalm 112 just presents two things. It's the fear of the Lord and being obedient to His commandments. Okay, this is an introduction. Fear of the Lord, being obedient, children will be mighty, and you'll be wealthy and rich. <clears throat> okay, so let's let's move over to glorifying God with our finances. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31. So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. 
Now, we've had a major focus on glorifying God over the last, I don't know, two months, Philip, that we've just had a lot of sermons on glorifying God, and it's really hit home in my life. Um, once again, it's a basic thing, but there's certain levels in which you can dig into. And so, I think four or six weeks ago, I went to cell group, and I asked the guys, listen, I, I think I'm getting this glory thing, and I know next year I'll probably go bit deeper as we get bigger understanding of God's um, revelations but how do we glorify God and both Sean and Philip said it's a very good question but if, if, if you've got the vision you've got the job okay, you've heard that chauffeur saying and um, <laughs> so they left it with me and I went back and I said God how do I glorify you with my finances I really want to know and that's what I'm going to teach on now so we know that our lives should glorify God but the question is, how do we do it? So recently I was teaching at Foundation 2, and, and you might have heard we have the de definition of stewardship that says um, managing, stewardship is managing that which belongs to another person. And as I was going to say it, the Holy Spirit upgraded the definition, and I told the guys, no, um, biblical stewardship is um, is, is, is um, Managing our resources to glorify God. Okay, just a, a little upgrade. And like I said, I went to cell group and I asked them, how do we do this? And I wasn't sure. And then, I think on the 9th of October, we had intercession during the service. And um, in, the, in the announcement, Philip really promoted the seminar this morning. And I sat there and I thought, what am I going to say? And I went to intercession and I probably got... 80% of what I'm going to say now in intercession. So Sarah, you guys don't even know it, but I was making a lot of notes while you were praying because I realized God is, is actually giving me what, I'm, what I need to say. So it's amazing how God works. And God showed us two things. Before the service, we prayed, and um, I think Madeleine still said God, she feels God wants to lift a veil. And then during the session, se second session, um, I think you saw a picture of God taking away the veil and showing his glory. And immediately I just felt about God saying that finances is part of this. He wants to glorify his church. He wants to lift a veil. And finances is part of this. Okay? So do you guys believe that? God wants to lift a veil over Shofar Pretoria in order to glorify him. And finances is a major part in that. Okay, so I think we must trust God for some changes in this congregation, in his body globally, that we get our hearts sorted out so that he can channel um, finances through us. So that's why I said I'm expectant of what is happening here this morning because this is not just a little seminar. This is God preparing us to glorify him. So if the money flows, if it's going to come in, in, in greater quantities, then like Dion said, remember the foundation. So I want to highlight three ways in how we should glorify God. Okay, it's number one, it's how we earn it. Number two, it's how we depend on it. And number three is how we spend it. So now I'm going to highlight on those three aspects. We can glorify God on how we earn it, how we depend on money, and how we spend it. Okay, so let's dig into this and see what scripture um, tells us this morning. 1 Thessalonians 4, 11 to 12. 
this is how we should earn our income. Okay, so I'll just go one back. Okay, so I said earn it, depend on it and spend it. How we should earn it is through hard work. It's by honest work and it's by holy work. 1 Thessalonians 4. You should mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not depend on anybody. Okay, listen to this. Mind your own business, work with your hands, you'll win the respect of people and you'll not be dependent. Basic. Work with your hands, work hard. Next one. Have you heard that saying, don't work hard, work smart? Okay, it's not biblical. I want to upgrade it, work hard and smart. Proverbs says, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. I've not found in the word the scripture that says, don't work hard, work smart. Or all smart work brings a profit. I agree with smart work, but I say work hard first and work smart. Okay, and that sec second part I can relate to, but mere talk leads only to poverty. I want to present that we rather keep quiet and just do it than talk about what you are going to do in the future and talk about this investment and this money you're going to make and this big deal. Just be modest, be humble, and do it in the right timing as opposed to talking and never doing. Okay, and, and proverb tells us, but mere talk leads to poverty. Okay, how we earn our income. Jeremiah 17. Like a partridge that hatches eggs, it did not lay, sorry, like a partridge that hatches eggs, it did not lay, are those who gain riches by unjust means. When their lives are half gone, their riches will desert them, and in the end, they will prove to be fools. And I refer to a few of my development clients, but this scripture actually explains exactly what happened to them. They were halfway through their lives, they were arrogant, um, they leveraged on other people's money, we read a lot in the newspapers of these schemes that takes elderly people's money, leverage on it, puts up a big shopping center, market crashed, all the money is gone. If you go and look at those, the men behind that, this is exactly an explanation of what happened there. Unjust business. And now they're just fools. Okay, number two is how we depend on it. So we said how should we earn it with holy work, with hard work, with just work, and now we can glorify God with how we depend on it. Okay, number one is don't depend on it for happiness. Okay? Can you agree with me on that? That money does not make you happy. Somehow we continue to believe that there is this pot of gold and that pot of gold will make you happy. When you get to that pot of gold, Dion, you put that market there, if your heart was not sorted out, you'll just want more, but now you know for what you, what the purpose is behind that. Otherwise, you'll just be chasing a higher income, a higher income, and you'll never reach that, that happy, happy place, if I can put it like that. Okay, don't depend on it for your health. A lot of people think that money can buy health, can sort out illnesses. Um, there's a story of King Asa. He was powerful and rich, and he died with diseased feet, which I'm not sure what the medical term for that is. <laughs> it sounds horrible. Um, 
And the Bible says that he wanted to fix his illness um, with, with his money and his physicians. He didn't go back to God and he eventually died. And don't trust it for heaven. Okay, so how we depend on it? What, 1 Timothy 6. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth. We see a lot of arrogant people around these days. And I understand in the field of economics, there's this concept that they call the unseen hand, um, which talks about you can predict everything. Philip, I don't know if I've got the terminology right, but they predict everything. But at the end, there's still an unseen hand. There's still something bigger than what we can predict or understand. And um, we should command those who are rich not to be arrogant because that can change very very fast. If you look at 2008 with a big recession, we're now in 2011. People have already forgotten about that. Some people are making the same mistakes again. That's arrogance. Then in how we should spend it, I want to present three aspects on how we should spend it. It's our degree of spending. So number one, always live within your means. That brings glory to God. So if you feel that, man, my budget is really small, but you stick to it, you are glorifying God. Number two is your direction. So it's your direction of spending. Once again, if you look at somebody's budget, you can know a lot of him or her. Um, so the direction towards which you give money. Do you give money towards church, the poor, because where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. And then lastly, our communication. Our communication regarding money should glorify God. Okay? And um, many times it's very subtle. We'll be in a group and people will start talking about stuff they're going to buy or um, their expenses or their incomes. And it's a subtle pride and a subtle arrogance. We should watch against that. That when you communicate money, and Philip, I agree, let's talk about money, but let's do it in, in humility. Because pride and a fall, they go together. Amen? So let it be without arrogance. And um, I mentioned this in our first session, but comparison is um, the big enemy here. That when you compare yourself with anyone else in terms of material things, you'll feel one of two things in your heart. You test this. If you look at somebody else's car or the way he dresses or where he lives, one of two things in your heart can happen. You either feel inferior or superior. Okay? Or if you're a Christian or not. If you compare yourself, you'll have this feeling of inferiority or superiority. And when you compare yourself to Jesus, you'll always have this holy fear, this humility. So just refrain from comparison because... That the enemy draws us out to compare ourselves with other people's car, cars and then we want a, a nicer car, then we um, don't keep to our budget and then we run into all sorts of trouble later on. Okay, so we said how you earn it, how you depend on it and how you spend it. I just want to draw a small diagram. don't have time to talk about um, work and worship regarding our work, but we all agree that work is worship. That when we work, when you sit at your desk, that is worship unto God. You can glorify God through doing that report, through typing that email, through attending that meeting. You can glorify God through teaching, 
to setting up guidelines, whatever. That is bringing God glory. So we've got God and um, me. So my, we said we agree that work is worship. Okay? And for this worship, you will get remuneration. That comes back to you. Now the blessed thing is that even that money you get for your worship, and if it's a lot of money, great, but that money is a byproduct of your worship. That money again is back unto God. So it's this blessed cycle of the more you worship and the more excellent your worship at your office, the, the greater your, your reward in heaven and on earth. And the more you have of this, the more you can give. And so it's just this continual cycle of blessing. And that's what, what, what this morning is really about, is worshiping God through our finances and setting our hearts in order that once you earn 2 million or 5 million or 10 million, it's not an issue. Okay? It's nice to tithe when you earn 1,000 rand a month. It's only 100 rand. But imagine tithing on a million rand a month. It's 100,000 rand. Vicky Muilakar. Still 10%, but somehow we think it's more difficult. That's why we need to sort out these things. The goodness and the blessing will follow us. So, guys, in the, in the days to come, I, I sense God say that we really need to speed things up. We need to sort ourselves out. He wants to channel His blessing through us. you believe that? He's looking for conduits of blessing. He's looking for people He can trust worth money, and there aren't many around. Because you see somebody being faithful, faithful, money comes in unfaithful. God moves on. Remember, the wealth of the world is in God's hand. He can channel it literally to anybody. I've got bad news for guys like Warren Buffett, but their wealth is not in their hands. God is the owner of all the wealth, all the gold, in the ground, all the platinum, all the diamonds, it's all his. And he can, through a dream, through one word, he can show you, you can unlock it. But he's looking for faithful people. And in that, during that intercession, where God talked to us about unveiling, unveiling his church, his church bringing glory to him, which we are talking about now, glorying God through our finances. Um, Psalm 25 came out, Sarah, I think you still read it. It says, show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God my Savior. Who then are those who fear the Lord? Now listen to this. You will instruct them in the ways they should choose. They will spend their days in prosperity and their descendants will inherit the land. Amen. God is looking for us to be faithful and wise stewards so that he can make us the ruler over the household. Again, I want to be part of that church, so I'm, I'm committing to this. I want to ask you, do you want to be part of that church in the end days that God can trust with money, that will not corrupt our hearts, even though it's millions? I've got a, a, a business colleague who, who's mastered this, this, this concept of just being a conduit. The money is not his. And I must tell you, God sends... I want to almost say billions, but let's call it millions of rands through him in a year. And when you look at him, you think this guy is 
must be to top 10 richest people in the country. But then he isn't, because all he does is he's channeling money. He's channeling money. And he told me a story of he once he was not as wise as he is now, when God gave him a, a whole couple of millions to give away. He's the type of guy God says, give, and he goes to the bank, and he talks to his manager, he says, give it. And he gave, um, I don't want to mention numbers now, but it's, it's a significant amount. And he gave it all to one church, and the church actually broke apart because of that one donation, because it was so much. And he, afterwards he told me, you know, he was still a young man, he, he had to learn about giving with wisdom. But imagine giving so much money that a church splits up. So the, the leaders took the money and they, it was so much. And what I'm, what I'm seeing is that God is looking for more people like that. That if God can say, here is X amount of rands, give it away. I'm going to give it to you, but if you hang on to this, it will burn your hands and I'm not going to give it to you back again. And unfortunately, a lot of people have missed their callings. And let's not be that, uh, that generation. Let's not be those people who keep on to what God... The picture I see is like a pipe. If a pipe... Is there any silver engineers here? Okay, Marco. So if, if you want to send water from one place to another and that pipe is blocked or it's got a, a retention, it, it's, um, it doesn't allow the water to flow through fast, You'll just choose another pipe, okay? If you don't have the, the luxury of holding another pipe, you'll just channel that water through another pipe. And that's exactly how God is. He's looking for people with clean hearts who can channel the money. And I really trust that through the word that we've read this morning, that we can become that generation. So, amen. I just want to pray about this. And we can open the floor for some questions and answers. God... We don't want to add to your word this morning, Lord. There's so much wealth in your word. And we just thank you for what you've imparted into our hearts. We, we bless you, Lord. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you were here as our ultimate financial advisor. We pray that we'll go into this next season of church and of our personal lives with, with an awareness of you. That in those situations, in that buying situation or selling situation, we can just ask you, Holy Spirit, is this a yes or no? And what should I do now? We, you are faithful, God. We've read so many scriptures this morning and we thank you. We bless you. Amen. You move mountains when you speak. You give power to the weak. You raise dead men to their feet. You are strong, Lord. Thank you for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that it was time well spent establishing God's kingdom and proclaiming His glory in your life. For more information, call us on 012-362-1363 or email us at pretoria at shofaronline.org. You may also wish to browse our website at www.shofaronline.org or find us on facebook.com forward slash shofarpretoria. There is no one like